0: Good morning, my name is Jeremy and I'm with New Hope Church. I'm so happy to have you with us here this morning for this Daily Devo. I know they've been an important part of my morning every day, and I know for so many of you it has been as well. I see it in the comments, I see it in the the conversations that go on. Uh, So I'm going to be reading through John 15 and 16 this morning. I'm going to share a few thoughts with you on the passage, I'm going to pray with you, and I'm going to pray for you. But before we start, remember that this coming Sunday is Easter. And it's going to be different than any Easter I've ever experienced. Uh, the truth of the resurrection is unchanged, so we have that going for us. But in years past, you've probably invited people to church personally, maybe handed an invite card to them, done something like that. Uh, We get to do that a little differently this year. This year, social media is gonna be critical for us. So remember, if you haven't already, start tagging, start inviting people on your Facebook, on all the social media platforms. And then on Sunday, once you get to church a little bit early, spend some time in the lobby encouraging people. Uh, You can be greeting them. And then once service starts, stay there, continue to greet them, continue to uh, just interact with them, let them know that they are special and they're valuable. And don't forget on Easter, We're also taking communion as a church. So get your stuff ready. Crackers and juice, sweet tea and goldfish, whatever you have on hand, get it ready. Be ready for that on Sunday for communion. All right, you ready to go? John chapter 15. I am the vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. So Jesus is kind of setting the disciples up here. for where, what's gonna be going on in their life. Um, if you've ever planted anything, you know that the goal that he's that he's working on here is that the thing's gonna grow. So I can tell you from personal history, uh, I, my history with that is not great at all. Uh, my neighbors look at me and they think I'm digging a hole to put a plant into. They don't know that I'm actually just digging a grave for that plant, because as soon as I plant it, it is going to die, which is Clearly not the goal of planting something. Uh, Jesus knows that he wants, uh, he he wants this thing to to be fruitful and successful because he is only a few days away from actually figuratively planting the disciples into the world. And he wants them to bear fruit while they're here. So he's gonna spend a little bit of time uh, in this chapter laying out kind of the plan for growth and how they're gonna do it. All right, let's jump in in verse three. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burnt. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. this is my father's glory. This is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love." So the first thing that he's, uh, kind of the first step he's given the disciples is just remain, stay where you are. Uh, Only by staying attached to the vine, that's Jesus, can we bear that that fruit. Uh, So these devotions have been, for me, a great way to stay attached, to stay attached to scripture, to stay attached to New Hope Church. Uh, And for some of us, the the times have changed quite a bit on us over the last several weeks. Uh, We may have more free time than we've ever had before, uh, the ability to kind of decide our time and how we spend it uh, more than we ever have. So let me just be an encouragement to you, remain attached to the things of God. Maybe this time you've got a little more time, you can start a new Bible study, uh, maybe start journaling, change your prayer habits, do some different things, but do something that kind of changes up your attachment level right now. Uh, Because the first thing that Jesus says is the key to the disciples bearing fruit in this world, is remain, remain, remain with him. Okay, pick it up with me in verse 10, if you would. Uh, Jesus still speaking, "'If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, then he lays down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me for a minute. How awesome is it that we never had to choose Jesus? He chose us well before we even knew what we were doing. Okay, pick it up with me. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command, love each other. So Jesus starts off by saying, hey, if we wanna bear fruit to the disciples, you wanna bear fruit in this life. The first thing you gotta do is you gotta remain attached uh, to me, remain attached. Second thing is love. Um, loving each other uh, as Christ has loved us. And in so doing, we'll grow, and our joy will be complete. His joy will be complete. As we remain attached to Christ, uh, we will find an incredible number of chances to love other people. And right now, loving them looks different than it may have a few months ago, and it looks different than it will uh, in the next few months. Uh, Right now, loving somebody could be uh, picking up the phone and calling them mowing their yard, uh, picking up some groceries, praying with them, praying for them. It looks different right now than it really ever has in the past, uh, but be creative. Keep loving people as Christ has loved you because that is really going to change the world right now. Keep loving people. All right, pick it up with me in verse 18, if you would. If the world hates you, uh, now that we're done with love, let's go right into hate. Yeah. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember the words I spoke to you. No servant is greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. They will treat you this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. Now, however, they have no excuse for their sin. He who hates me hates my father as well. If I had had not done among them what no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have seen these miracles and yet they have hated both me and my father. But this is to fulfill what is written in the law. They hated me without reason. When the counselor comes, whom I will send from the father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the father, he will testify about me and you must also testify for you have been with me from the beginning. So Jesus tells the disciples, hey, the first thing we got to do is uh, stay attached. Stay attached to scripture, stay attached to God. Second thing is love the people around us. I love them as Christ has loved us. And the third thing is simply tell. Tell others why you have peace in the middle of a storm, why you have hope in the darkness, why you have joy in the midst of panic and a smile in a world full of very concerned faces right now. Those you share with may not always believe you. They may not always agree with you. That's okay. They didn't believe Jesus either. So uh, they didn't believe Jesus as well. So, I mean, that puts us in really good company, right? Tell them how Jesus changed you. Tell them about the hope you have. Tell them about these devotions that can be a source of joy and encouragement every single morning just tell them so that's really the essence of Jesus's plan for the disciples to bear fruit it's his plan for us to bear fruit remain attached to him love the people around us and then tell them why we have hope in days where there doesn't seem to be a lot of hope going around so that that's his plan for them Uh, that's all of chapter 15. We're going to pivot now into, into chapter 16, and he's going to pivot from the plan to bear fruit, and he's going to give them a taste of what's about to happen in their world. So pay attention. He's kind of going from what I want you to do to this is what's about to happen to me. Uh, so we'll pick up verse uh, one, chapter 16, verse one. All this I have told you so that you will not go astray. At the end of, the, at the end of everything, Jesus concerned for us. He's, he's setting us up so that we will stay attached, so that we will not go astray. They will put you out of the synagogue in fact a time is coming when anyone who kills you will think he is doing a service to god they will do such things because they have not known the father or me i have told you this so that when the time comes you will remember that i that i warned you i did not tell you this at first because i was with you Uh, so i like to think in in this particular piece uh jesus is like a coach so they've spent a lot of time on the practice field with the disciples teaching them how to do things teaching them what life is about kind of putting them in uh putting them through the paces so that they're ready when the game is about to start. Well, they've been practicing for a while and it's about to be game time. Their, their whole world is about to change. So it's time to take the lessons from the practice field and apply them in real life. So he says, I didn't tell you this before because you weren't ready. I wasn't ready, I was with you, but now I'm about to tell you some things that you're gonna to need to be ready for. So we'll pick it up in verse five. Now I am going to him who sent me, yet none of you ask me, where are you going? Because I have said these things, you are filled with grief. But I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So depending on the translation of scripture you're using there, uh, the NIV uses counselor, a lot will use advocate or the spirit of God. Um, This is the Holy Spirit. This is an incredible gift that Jesus says, because I'm going away, I'm gonna leave the Holy Spirit with, with you. And the very presence of God that is in every person, everybody who follows Christ, we have the Holy Spirit within us. He gives us power. He helps us in our weakness. He intercedes for us. He directs us. He enables us to bear good fruit like we talked about last chapter. He comforts us. He convicts us. He makes us holy. So while the disciples are upset and concerned that Jesus is leaving, we can look back now with a lens of 2000 years and say, thank God for the gift of the Holy Spirit that he sent upon his leaving. It is, the, it is what drew us to God in the first place. It is the only way that we were saved was through the power of the Holy Spirit. So when he says it's good for, you, for him, it's good for us that he goes away so he can send the Spirit of God. It has been very good for us. All right, jump down or pick it up with me in verse eight if you would. When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment, in regard to sin because men do not believe in me. In regard to righteousness, because I'm going to the Father, where you can see me no longer. And in regard to judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can bear now. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the father is mine. This is why I said the spirit will take from me, will take from what is mine and make it known to you. In a little while you will see me no more. And then after a little while you will see me. Some of his disciples said to one another, what does he mean by saying in a little while you will see me no more. And then after a little while you will see me. And because I'm going to the father, they kept asking, what does he mean by a little while? We don't understand what he is saying. Uh, You've been there. You've had a moment with God where you felt like He spoke to you about what was going on in your life or maybe some things that were coming into your life, uh, what was about to happen. And you probably walked away from that conversation with God, that strong impression you had in your spirit, and you just went, what is He talking about? It doesn't make sense. Uh, but then life goes on and the, the whole game plays out and you look back and you say, oh, oh, that's what He meant. So this is, this is the coach. This is the coach Jesus saying, Listen, here's what's, what what's going to happen in the game. Here's how it's going to go down. But, but it doesn't make sense yet because the game hasn't started. But Jesus is setting them up. He knows there's a crucifixion coming. He knows there's a resurrection coming. He knows that there's an ascension coming. He's trying to set them up to have peace in the middle of all the, of the unexpected parts of life that are about to come. Um, that, that it's going to be painful. It's going to be crazy. It's gonna be a little unknown, but there is a day of complete joy coming. And that's what Jesus is pointing them to there. All right, pick it up in verse 19 with me. Jesus saw that they wanted to ask him about this. So he said to them, are you asking one another what I meant when I said, in a little while, you will see me no more. And then after a little while, you will see me. I tell you the truth. You will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. That picture of right after the, the, the crucifixion, weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve I tell you the truth, my father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete." There is such comfort in this passage that Jesus says to them, here's what's going to happen. In life, it's going to be difficult. He's pointing specifically at himself. When we walk with God, we are never guaranteed that life is going to be easy but we're promised that grief will be turned to joy, complete joy, he says actually here. Uh, Jesus lets us know he's about to experience uh, an unprecedented level of pain, so much that it scared him, but that pain will end up in our our favor. That pain will end up in our forgiveness. So he's willing to go through the grief. He's willing to go through the pain because you and I are on the other side of that pain. Our forgiveness stands on the other side of that pain. Uh, Pick it up with me then in verse 25. Though I have been speaking figuratively, a time is coming when I will no longer use this kind of language, but will tell you plainly about my Father. In that day, you will ask in my name. I'm not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf. No, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and entered the world. Now I'm leaving the world and going back to the Father. Then Jesus' disciples said, now, Now you are speaking clearly and without figures of speech. Now we can see that you know all things and that you do not even need to have anyone ask you questions. This makes us believe that you came from God. So now we get to see kind of this uh, insight into the disciples when they said, what's he talking about? What is God preparing us for? What is Jesus trying to get us ready for? And then that moment begins to kind of unwrap for them and they go, oh, now we begin to understand what you're talking about. But, but even that's not quite enough. Uh, so the next three verses are kind of, the, they're, they're putting it all together. Um, but just pay attention to it. It's really interesting uh, what these three verses say, especially in context of the world that we're living in right now. Jesus says in verse 31, you believe at last, Jesus answered, but a time is coming and has come when you will be scattered each to his own home. You will leave me all alone. Yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So Jesus knew going into the whole thing. Um, that if he would tell the disciples, if he would lay out for them what was going to be happening in their world, that it would give them some measure of peace. Now, it's not perfect peace by any stretch of imagination, um, because the world is crazy. And, and can you imagine being a disciple and watching this man that you'd followed for years, watching him be beaten and crucified? And, and there's, there's almost nothing in you that would bring you peace, except that still small voice way back in your spirit somewhere that says, this is what he was talking about. You know, one of the things we've learned over the past month, six weeks, uh, Corona time is a whole different time frame for me. Uh, so one of the things we've learned is that we're really not in charge of anything that happens. We thought we were. We never really were. Uh, we just learned that we weren't. Uh, we, we, I remember going through even a few days where uh, things were being canceled so quickly, this and then that and then this and that. I wasn't even sure what was going to come next. Uh, we we don't we don't have to know what comes next. All we have to know is that we can hold the hand of the one who does know, and we can experience peace that this world can't give you and peace that this world cannot take away from you. There's an old hymn I grew up with uh, called Because He Lives. And the, the chorus of it is, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future and life is worth the living just because he lives. Uh, Easter is coming. And the, the five to six days, the, the week run up to Easter the disciples were facing was incredibly difficult for them to watch. Uh, we know that these are, these are strange days for us, but Jesus told them and, and that he knew how it was gonna end. And on the other side of it was something great. He knew the troubles that were ahead of him, but he knew, uh, he knew the physical pain that was there. He knew the separation from people that was gonna come. He knew the separation from his father that was gonna come, but he also knew that the day was coming that all that pain would result in one big thing, forgiveness. And when that forgiveness comes, his and our joy are made complete in him. So if you haven't, if you haven't placed your faith in Jesus, if you haven't asked him to forgive your sins, man, it's a great day to do it. There are people online right now that would love to chat with you. Uh, that would love to pray with you, love to rejoice with you. This, the scriptures tell us the angels in heaven are rejoicing uh, when you do that. So if, if that's you today and you're taking that step, would you just type it into one of the platforms, whichever one you're on right now? Let us know you're taking that step, reach out to us. This is a great moment, okay? Jesus knew these moments would come. He knew it would happen but we can take heart because He has overcome the world. And because of that, we can put our faith in Him. We can find forgiveness in Him. He went through all that He went through so that we could stand here and know that we have a Savior that loves us, uh, loves us deeply and loves us very personally, amen. Uh, I just wanna pray with you. Um, and uh, if there's prayer requests, keep typing those in. Uh, you guys have done an incredible job of getting in there and typing those in uh, uh, as, we, as we go along. So let me pray, and then we got a couple of closing notes. Lord, thank you so much uh, for the leaders uh, in our government right now, those that are making decisions, those that are doing the best that they know how to do. Uh, Lord, I want to specifically lift up those in our communities that are sick right now, those that are that are scared that they may be sick, uh, those that actually are ill. Father, would you just place your healing hand upon them? God, be with the healthcare workers, the frontline uh, people that are caring for them. Uh, Keep them safe. Keep them well. uh, Keep them encouraged, Lord, for those that are working on treatments and vaccines and cures and all of the stuff that surrounds it, uh, surrounds Corona right now. Lord Jesus, would you uh, would you give them your wisdom? Would you? speed up their processes uh, so that people can be healed. Um, Father, I also wanna lift up families that are hurting right now, uh, those that may be hurting financially, those that may be hurting because of uh, of a number of other reasons, those that may be hurting because someone that they know or someone in their family uh, is ill. Father, that's a scary moment. Um, Would you be in that moment with them? Um, Lord, I, I, I pray, I pray that you would make your presence known. Uh, Lord, I pray for the people of God to shine in this moment when there seems to be more darkness than light. Uh, let this let, let us rise up uh, and see that this is an opportunity for us to shine brightly. Uh, Lord, may we sense your love in a fresh way. Uh, may, the, may we remain close to you in these moments, uh, that we would love the people around us and then we'd tell them about who we used to be and who we are because we've trusted you uh, for our salvation. Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you that you're gonna make our joy complete. Uh, thank you that you went to the cross to purchase our forgiveness. Thank you for that, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. So before we wrap up totally, um, if you've got a prayer request, you can type it in the the comment box. Uh, You can also go to uh, prayer.newhopechurch.tv, post a prayer request there. There are people on that uh, virtual prayer wall all the time uh, that would love to pray with you and pray for you for that. Remember, Easter is coming. Get in that lobby. Get your communion ready. Otherwise, see you tomorrow at 8 a.m. Invite someone along with you, man. Find somebody around you that's lonely or alone. Uh, Virtually bring them in uh, and share the good news with them. Love you, New Hope. Have a great day.